Welcome to Las Gitanas de LA. This is your host, Coco Di Salvo. How are you doing today? Are you living your best life? If you are one of uh, the new listeners joining the podcast, you may wonder what a gitana is. Well, let me tell you. A gitana is a nomad woman that knows her value and celebrates it. She's free. She's magical. She's pure art and has a natural charm that can hypnotize you with her stunning beauty and sexy eyes. She is the official girlfriend of the wind, and she knows that anything is possible. Yes, anything you want, Gitana. Anything you want is possible. You just need to focus and make it happen. And speaking of making things happen, Genevieve Joy is joining us today. She's a New York City-born, Connecticut suburb-raised playwright, comedian, author, award-winning actress, filmmaker, and recovering trust fund baby. That's <laughs> something from her. <laughs> that last one, the, she says that they don't give awards for. She's currently 29 years old and enjoys black and white movies, boogie boarding after dark, littering and lying about her age because this is Los Angeles after all. <laughs> Welcome, Genevieve. Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for coming. So Genevieve um, is actually performing right now. Well, rehearsing and about to open. Rehearsing, uh, yes. Mm -hmm, a play that is called The Nun and the Countess. And she has the lead. I do. Right? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about this journey uh, and <laughs> what is this Countess thing about? So I am playing the Countess in The Nun and the Countess, which is the story of Sir Juana Inez de la Cruz, who's a Mexican poet who I had not heard of. And it's kind of strange that I haven't heard of her because she's such a huge deal. But apparently, like all Mexican children, memorize her poetry. Did you know this? Mm -hmm. did, did you know all about yes. it? Yeah, of course. Because, yes. you know, right. So anyway, apparently she had this crazy romance with a countess. Mm -hmm. And that is how her work ended up getting out there shortly before she was basically destroyed by the Inquisition, what well, would have been if she hadn't died of plague instead. Mm -hmm. So it's a rough story, but it's fascinating. So I am playing this 17th century lesbian countess who seduces a Mexican nun and then makes her famous. So that's kind of cool. It's very cool. <laughs> I think your character is amazing. And I, I, I really too. fell in love with the Countess when I read The Nun and the Countess. At first, I was excited about uh, reading it. And because I am a, a fan of uh, Sor Juana. As many, I am too now. Many yeah. Latina women uh, that have read wow. her poems. She's a symbol. She's a mm -hmm. feminist symbol. And I'm glad that, that you discover her through your countess role. The countess is such an important part in history for the, liter the literature history in women. Because of her, because she took all her writings, all Sor Juana's writings into her trunk to Spain and published them, we know about Sor Juana. Right. And, and yes, uh, they were a, a lesbian couple, totally in the closet, 
or mm-hmm. I should say in the cloister. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it's like such a great story that many people don't know about. Well, at That's the time, me- most lesbian couples were in the in the closet or the cloister. But also uh, the countess was married. So, right. You know, they, they wouldn't have been holding hands in the street anyway. But one thing that was interesting is that one of the reasons I think why she brought all her stuff to have it published was because she kind of knew that once she was gone, there was good, they were going to put a stop to her writing because the this rain, which is like, I didn't know any of this, by the way, this whole period about what Mexico was uh, post Columbus, but pre revolution, you know, where mm-hmm. it became mm-hmm. Mexico sort of, as we know it, I ended up having to do so much research. Cause like, Words like this rain. I'm like, I have no idea what that is. So the the king or the queen, whoever was in charge of Spain, would basically send some, not royal, but somebody in the court over to Mexico for a few years to be the acting king. But they deferred to the crown. But they were basically running things. They didn't let them stay too long because they didn't want them getting too comfortable and then deciding they wanted to lead the country in independence or anything like that. So they'd have them come back after seven or eight years every time. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't let them go with their children. It's not awful. So they had to leave their children behind as yes. like collateral so that they'd come back. Exactly. Um, and when she got there, she and her husband were big fans of Sir Juana. And he seems like he was a really great guy and very kind of forward thinking. And they were funding this convent Mm -hmm. so the powers within the convent kind of let it slide and let her write and and gave her left her alone yes but once they were removed there was no guarantee that whoever was going to take their place was going to give a shit so she was going to be left and the church didn't want her writing and doing what she was doing they didn't particularly like it but they just needed the support so this woman brilliantly saw that coming and said, you know, let me get everything you have and save it because they'll destroy it as when, if we're not here, they have no reason not to. So, exactly. It's thanks to her that she saved Sor Juana's legacy. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Sor Juana, uh, let's, let's all think about it. She's on the 100 peso bill. Yeah, she's that big. big she's that big. So, you know, this condesa, this countess, had the vision to mm. do that. And I admire her really, I mean, a lot, of course, but but I was doing research on the countess and I couldn't find a portrait of her. I couldn't either. And I, and I am an art history major. I am actually an art historian. I know mm. how to do research. And I was like, right, so if you're not going to find it, I'm definitely not going to find well, it. <laughs> at least not in the in the regular sources that I can access to um, via internet. But I'm thinking next time I'm in Spain, I'm I'm going to go to the archives and I'm going to start looking because I can't believe such a, an important figure in history. You know, we don't have a painting of her. And they must exist. They have to. And exist. I know how she looks like because Sor Juana describes her pretty well. She looks, well, she like, looks like me, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like you. She's, uh, you know, very firm skin and, and blue eyes and, and blonde. And but, you know, it's like, where is she 
it's like I want to see how she looked like. I want to see the the dress she was wearing and mm. and the color she picked because she is mm. such a fascinating lady, and for me, is the mysterious Condesa. You know. Mm. Well, uh, we're doing our best to fill in the blanks. Uh, My so costume I, I is love, pretty awesome. I know the count. Yeah, the countess costume is is amazing. Uh, yeah. I really um, because well. I didn't disclose this. I am a co-producer of this play. So I had access to, for example, when we went to the custom house and mm-hmm. saw all the all the outfits, I couldn't help myself. When I saw the nightgown, I was like, oh my God, I have to wear this. And I just I had, felt- a, I had a funny moment. I got lost in that costume. Play. <laughs> I went in the wrong, I went in the wrong door and I started, it's like a like a labyrinth in there. Yes. And I started moving through this and I'm like. Oh my god! I mean, I'm, so people uh, can imagine. I'm never gonna like get out. <laughs> Four thousand square feet, like people. So <laughs> for people listening and that cannot visualize, is a huge space. And there's no light at the end of these long halls. It just like closed everywhere. And then finally, uh, our other producer was there, and she sort of found me. And she's like, "What are you doing all the way over here?" I'm like, "Trying to find the front." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So that was exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. But um, you know the scene that I really like and mm. is so empower, I mean, it's so powerful for me is when when she's in front of the Inquisition. Oh, you no, know, the chilling. trial. Yeah. That trial is really powerful. I mm-hmm. think it's a powerful moment, and and that's how you see misogyny and and inequality right there like because she was a woman brutality of the church yeah the cruelty and the hate the hate the hateful misogyny like really you can see there how they dislike women yeah no wonder they burn them you know and because, even even the women were just as bad. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, internalized any, just because a woman, just because you were a woman, you were just dirty for them. And you right. could see that in their in their words, in their attitudes, and what they did to Sor Juana. Mm-hmm. That was terrible. That was yeah, so was so brutal. And you're a writer too, so you probably know how it feels when when your work is taken away. Yeah, it's the worst thing I can. It's the worst thing in the world, you know, yeah, to lose your work. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, so this is very, this is very different for me. This is not really in my general wheelhouse. I actually moved to LA to get away. I mean, I moved to LA for a hundred reasons, but what big one was I wanted to be a serious actress and kind of move mm-hmm. away from comedy, which I really have not done. This is the first thing that I've done that's not comedy in about seven years. I did a, Joyce Carol Oates play in 2013. Uh, and that was wow. pretty heavy. Since then, everything I've done has been funny. Oh, wow. Well, comedy is actually a very difficult skill to have. I think that a good actor, you know, if uh, if he has a comedian side, it, it's actually a, a very good actor because you oh, can yeah, do they, anything. They say that. It's just a slightly different, you know, approach. Comedy is more specific. It's more, you know, like even in certain moments in this play, like I look for the moments that are funny because I know that's where I kind of shine. Mm-hmm. So like there's that moment where where the the abbess comes into the cell and we're trying to, ha- I'm trying to have a private moment with, you know. My girlfriend. <laughs> my girlfriend. And the woman goes, okay, pardon me, you know. And then like, I think she's going to leave. Mm-hmm. So I like 
look at her, then wait, then like look at her, then wait. And it's like, oh, you're not le-. like, dr- I love drawing that moment out because I think that that's sort of funny. Like you can always kind of try to insert humor wherever you can, wherever it's appropriate. Cause I think that just makes the people seem more like people, right? If it's, yeah, it humanizes Yes, you know, but you know, most of, I mean, I, I'm sort of more known for stand-up than I am for acting. Mm-hmm. So most of the jobs I get are, are comedic. So this is this is really wonderful for me because I have wanted to explore more serious work. So yes. So I'm excited. Um, I'm very yes. excited. Oh, Dalis Nanin is a great writer and she really, really great writer. She's very talented and, and she I think script. she brings her the soul of the countess and the soul of Sor Juana mm-hmm. out completely. And 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 it's it's really powerful. It's a really powerful love story. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Did you did you read the book? I the did novel? not. I I was going to, but then it's like I have a million things reading at the same time. And it's like, I want to finish this. I want to. And I was thinking about reading the book before the opening. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of like a still on my to do list. I'm hoping I will do it because I need to I know as much as possible. Can you download it on, on Kindle? Oh, maybe. I'm going to try. I, I try to not read things that way because I feel like I spend so much time on screens. Right. I just feel like it's better for my brain to read I don't, on paper. I don't think I have time to, to receive it. So maybe yeah, I, I mean, don't have time and I have to just kindle it. But Well, yeah. it's good. So tell um, me what's the book about. Let's, let's talk about the, the book. Yeah. The, so it's the story. It's the same story, but the play, I think, is better. Because the play breathes more humanity into the characters. You, you know, the, the story, the, the book is a little more flat and factual. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you know, really making the characters come alive and, and seem like real people, I think. And the book yeah. is very dark, but the story is very dark. So that's not a, to say the book is dark is not a criticism. It's a dark story. I think that in the play, there's more folk, it's, it's a little more positive, if that makes any sense. It's kind of the focus is more on the love. The love the story. focus is more on, yeah, which I think is a lot more palatable. Not that all of the, everything else isn't there. But the book was hard to read because it was just so depressing. I mean, it was like, whoa, you know, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't know why this is coming to mind. Right. But I was watching Braveheart with my niece, which is a terrible story. It is a brutal and terrible story. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And my nieces are like, why? They're very smart and kind of funny. And they're like, why is everybody in this movie looks terrible except for Braveheart? Like it's like, there's the whole cast is like disgusting. And then this guy is like gorgeous. And I'm like, well, first of all, he's not Scottish. And second of all, (laughs) they have to make him gorgeous or you're not going to be able to get through it. You you know, like they, you have to like, you have to give you something because it's such a horrible story. They have to make him gorgeous and romantic. Because I get they, it. Because I get if they it. made if they made him look like the real William Wallace, you'd be like, I can't, I can't, I don't want to know this. It's all like you can't. Yeah. So I think that Odalisa's script brings just enough charm and just enough levity that you can watch it mm-hmm. without, you know, 
just wanting to cut your wrists open. Right. The whole right. entire time. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, because it's a terrible situation to go through. But the love story is it's like if, if you talk about a, a love story in the Holocaust, you know, yes, you're surrounded by. Well, that was, yeah, that horror. was the, brilli- the brilliance of like, yeah, um, yeah, of life is beautiful. Yeah, right? absolutely. Exactly. So I think I think that's a good analogy. And I agree that the love story kind of lightens things up and makes it exciting and also uh, fall in love with the characters because yeah, the fact because that these are not love, just flat these are not yeah. just flat historical figures these were real people yes real is- people and love wins ultimately because uh, Sor Juana's passion is for all of us to to admire and to read for perpetuity you know because yeah, even of, if it took 400 years <laughs> yeah but it, it's like you know it's like love wins at the oh, end yeah. at the end love always wins and and yes it was a horrible time but the love story saved the day mm. kind of thing because of that love story they won the bad guys who were the inquisition and the people that were cutting them or taking them out or oppressing them so at the end their, their voices were heard and mm-hmm. justice prevail. So that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which it does ultimately. Mm-hmm. But, you know. So are you excited about, about the opening? I am very excited about the opening. I'm, I, you know, I, I, I yes, but I'm also sad about the end of rehearsals. Kind. Of. I'm like, I, I'm thinking like, because I've told everybody in my life, I'm like, Oh no, I can't, I can't do anything. I'm like, Nope, just don't ask me for anything in October. Right. (laughs) And then all of a sudden these evenings are going to start opening up. And I'm like, I mean, I hate not being at the theater every day, you know? Yeah. I hear you, but that's the goal. Right. So, you know, we can't just stay in rehearsal forever. Yes. I think um, (laughs) I want to be in a play once a year. I think I need it for my mental health. I think I need one of those ones that don't end. Like maybe I need to be on like a maybe maybe my aunt's acting teacher used to say um that I should be on a series like mm. one of those twenty years because because you can't take the lows it's like as soon as you bow it's like you walk off stage and all of a sudden it's like oh it's over like I I used to struggle to even get through like she'd be like can you smile during the curtain calls because like you're still on stage like <laughs> you look depressed the plays the shows over and you get this like you get this depressed thing and it's like. We're still right. here. It's not totally over. <laughs> right. No, I feel like the, the Nan and the Countess should be a TV series because can you it's imagine? Totally, it should be, it should be a, it should be a bet. They should remake the movie. I watched the movie from the nineties and like that, this needs, this needs a reboot. Well, Because the movie from the nineties is only focused on Sor Juana. And I think, I think we need to focus on this love story period. Because yeah, the love story are, was like really glossed over. It wasn't very sexy. No, no. And and come on, you know, the Countess was the ultimate chingona. You know what I mean? It's like we need to celebrate that woman and, and know more about her. And, and yeah, a TV series would be amazing. I hope that Liz is listening or maybe we can <laughs> help her write it because, you know, this is really what would be wonderful to be able to to be in a project that can keep you in inside the magic for longer 
than yeah. just October, you know, because yeah. yes, I am devastated too that this is coming to an end. And even though it took time away from my family because I work in court every day and then after court, I have to go to the theater. Well, and mm -hmm. I, I say this gladly, I drive to the theater and my refrigerator is completely neglected and my kids are oh, eating so is mine. hot dogs and I'm, I'm not the best mom right now. And I think <laughs> thanks to to Steven, my husband, that, that is helping out. But, you know, it's like, yes, it takes a lot of things away, but at the same time, it gives you so much happiness. Well, I love hot dogs, so I don't think you're being a bad mom. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, so if I were involved in this project in a bigger way, I would be also very happy. Mm-hmm. I would be yeah. very happy that maybe we can turn this into a TV series and Let's just, do it. you know, Genevieve, can you imagine just waking up in the morning and going to the writer's room, you and I, and, and maybe mm -hmm. Annalise joins too. And if she's not traveling the world. And I, I would really love to add Emmy winner to my, my bio. Right. I, I want would an like Emmy. That. Yeah. I want I, an Emmy. Yeah. You know, I, I held an Emmy the other day. A friend of mine invited me over for dinner. She's a journalist. She, she has two Emmys, you know, and I'm like, can I just hold it and <laughs> feel it? Yeah. I mean, we should write an, an award-winning Emmy, you know, Emmy. I've never held an Emmy before. Yeah. And this is totally, we have material. Uh, we have a lot of material. So yeah, imagine if we can just go every day to the studio and, and talk about this on the writers at the writer's mm -hmm. room and, and create an amazing TV series about these two ladies, especially about the countess. I want to know more about the like I want to even write about the countess. I want to know how she grew up in Spain. You know, what a beautiful mind, you know, yeah, what, what I, a vision she had. And, and I, I really would love to know more. Like you can deep down on her on that TV series. Totally. You, you have the time and, the, you know, and the expansion to to make that happen. Right. Yeah. And I would love that too. I, I mean, you know, I, I've done research about, you know, the time and looking up what her title was and all, and all of that stuff, but there isn't really much about her specifically and where she came from. And yeah, all we know is like, she's from Spain. She married this count of Paredes, mm -hmm. the 11th count of Paredes. And she went to new Spain as the reign of Mexico, which is kind of a big deal. But, but her education, her passions, um, they are limitless. I mean, she had health problems, too. I mean, this isn't part of the play, but, you know, she I don't know if you know this. She really struggled to have the, that one baby that she miscarried constantly. So yeah. that's why that's why when she was pregnant, she was sent away and put on total bed rest. And, and um, right. because they were afraid she'd lose another one. So well, she probably had fertility problems or, or you know, issues with uh, maternity, which is not uncommon back in the day, uh, maybe because of the science was not possible for her to to have healthier pregnancies because they right, they, like she, they didn't, say she kept losing it. It's terrible. Oh, oh, right. An awful time. So and it's not like they could no. figure out what it was, you know, but that was so common. That was so common in, in women. That's why women would die at childbirth. That was one of the main reasons women died back then. Uh, and it's because. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, our our culture really is able to separate life. And I mean, you don't. In, in this time, like people 
people died all the time. They yes. would lose their infant mortality and all like it was just so normalized, like just yeah. death and yeah and disease and all of that. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. It's it's crazy to try to slip into that world. Now we're really in that like wonderful zone in rehearsals where it's not about the script anymore. It's really about filling in the, the really breathing life into the characters. And that's yes. to me, like that's when you're in that like week three and four, right before you go into tech, because tech is not about the actors anymore. That's about that's a rehearsal for the crew. So that's you know, you're not you're not experimenting or doing it's not really about you at that point but where we are right now it's like this is my favorite place yes in terms of the rehearsal yes. process i can't wait for the rehearsal with all the costumes on and oh i like know the real deal because it's gonna be so um that's the magic right the magic moment that i look forward to because it's right before the opening when yeah. We all have everything down, all the blocking, uh, the costumes and everything, the, the character, the emotions, the connections, everything is there. So it's like a performance, but in private. Mm-hmm. And it's so enjoyable. It's like a magic moment. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be, what, the 21st? Bef- one day, right? Before opening, I think. I think we get in costume a little before that. Well, what? yeah, but that's the last that like that, that's the last one. Oh, the final, the final the dress final, rehearsal. Yeah. The final rehearsal. When, and that's when we're doing pictures too. Yes, so we're got, gonna we're gonna take pictures and, and it's like a really special moment that I look forward to. I know it's it's the special thing and I'm gonna enjoy every minute of it because it's like a private performance. Are and, your kids coming to the play? Well, my daughter is gonna come on her birthday, the 29th. Oh, cool. <laughs> yes. And um, because she she's into theater, she's only seven, but but she really likes theater and, and yeah. she wants to be an artist and, and she loves oh. everything. But uh, Kieran goes to bed like really early and for him is too much. He, he will yeah, not that's have... the thing I, I wonder, like, you know, I mean, it's heavy for a kid, but it depends on the kid. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Samantha, Samantha is an old soul and she's going to be OK. She actually likes it. She's an actress. I, you know, I, it's like my parents took me to the most inappropriate stuff when I was a kid. <laughs> and like and, and then later, you know, as an actor, like I would meet older actors and people that I saw, you know, on stage when I was younger. And I'd be like, you know, like I told Kevin Klein, I'm like, I saw you when you did Ivanov on Broadway. <laughs> and he's like, what were you like, six? You, you know, and I'm like. Yeah. And he's like, did you like it? And I was like, no. (laughs) But 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 I I remember you. Yeah. I remember when you pulled out the gun and you shot your head off. And he's like, I would imagine you would remember that. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) You know, he's like, hmm. Or like when I met Gary Sinise and I told him I saw him in Cuckoo's Nest on Broadway. And he was like, (laughs) he's like doing the math in his head. And he was like, you, you, you seventh grade you know and I'm like <laughs> yeah yeah my parents were not the most sensitive people like you know. <laughs> no I think your parents are were making you the person who you are today we're ma- we're, we're introducing you to or treating you like an like an adult mind like yeah, with respect. For, for better or worse I mean you know like, well yeah I mean <laughs> at least it was not a zombies movie where everybody was killed but no, uh, it was thought-provoking and interesting cultural yes. you know whatever and I, that's it was so very, so when I was, inspiring too when I was really little 
this will make you love. My mom took me to see, it was Glenn Close, who is terrifying, okay, <laughs> in Sunset Boulevard. Oh my God. Which is like about a woman having a mental collapse, you know, and then murder. <laughs> and like, and we were, and we were, I, I don't, I think I was in the, I think it was eight, not eight or nine. I'm pretty sure I was like in the fourth grade. And we were like front and center and her big, scary eye. And like, ah, like when she loses her mind and she's all like, ah, and the cat. Oh my God. It was a matinee. And I was like shaking. And even at that age, she was like, mom, that was not appropriate. Like, <laughs> and she goes, so. you know, I, I feel guilty now that you're talking to me because so what we am were, I doing to Samantha? Oh no, I so <laughs> then she takes me to the, we go over to the Times Square where you can get same day theater tickets like right away. Uh-huh. And she's like, I need to see, I need a show for tonight. And she like, called my dad was like, we're not going to be home. We're, we're staying the same. We're not gonna be home till, till late. I, I made a mistake. <laughs> So we go to the box office and the guy's like, he's like naming shows. She's like, no, no, no. You don't understand. She goes, I just took this child to see Sunset Boulevard and to erase what I just did. I need tap dancing. I need pink. I, you know, something else. And he's like, <laughs> so we went to see gentlemen prefer blot two shows in the same day to try oh, to wipe wow. out the trauma of Sunset Boulevard. Oh my God. I love that. And how was gentlemen? How how was that? It was very fun. There was a lot of tapping. There was a lot of singing, you know, there's sparkles and pink and boas and things. It was much, it was much more my speed at eight years old. Right. (laughs) Okay. Noted. Um, Well, I'm taking Samantha. She's turning eight on the 29th and she's going to see you as a countess. So I hope she's not traumatized. Uh, I think she'll be good. <laughs> she'll be fine. You know, she she really loved Mama Mia when I took her, and and I and she also liked uh, singing in the rain when she was four. These are different than that. Mm-hmm. You don't have so, a nun literally like beating herself to death while she's coughing up blood from the plague, and that's the everybody lives happily ever after. Does she? Does she really spits up blood? No, no. That's how I imagine it. I'm like, cause she's dying of plan. Like, uh. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But I think it's very but, elegant. So maybe that helps. It is very elegant. It's very artsy. It's like, oh, it'll, I mean, it'll, it, it'll be wonderful. It's going to be really great. Oh my God. We went off time <laughs> by, wow. Okay. So this was very, very, it went by very fast for me. Oh, good. So Anyway, um, that was a, a great pleasure. I think we have a lot more to talk about. But for people listening, just come see um, Odalis and Genevieve yes. at the Nana and the Countess. It's Casa 0101. I forgot the address, but it's in Boyle Heights on First <laughs> Street. And you can't miss it and get tickets. We, we have tickets. We're in Eventbrite and matchatheater.org. And you also have tickets, uh, half price, I think, at goldstar.com. At goldstar, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just bring a group of friends and support live theater and support this great project because it's Hispanic Heritage Month and Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz is such, a, such an important Latin American woman that we need to know more about. So come and support, get your tickets and, and see you at the theater October yeah. 22nd through November 7th. <laughs> do it <laughs> thank you thank you Genevieve for thank you us. see you soon <laughs> <laughs>